got the money in hand, we may have a very dangerous fight. Get the knife. Are you sure? Absolutely. The wife and daughter of New Orleans businessman Michael Cortland were killed yesterday when the kidnap and rescue effort sadly backfired. Buongiorno. I'm Sandra. Sandra Portinari. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. It was like Elizabeth had stepped out of a tomb. Tell me about her. She looked very much like you. It's beautiful here. I know this is none of my business, but don't you think maybe this is all a little hasty? Let's get married tomorrow. <laughs> a little premature. You're talking with somebody who already knows you. The plot thickens. Sandra! Let us sit and tell sad tales about deserted daughters and lonely husbands. Mommy? Paul Schrader and I just recently seen uh, Vertigo at the L.A. County Museum. And we went out to dinner together, and we were both uh, quite influenced by Vertigo, just astounded by the movie. And I believe it was a VistaVision print. I've never seen it since like that. So we sat at Musso and Frank's and had dinner and basically came up with a scenario modeled on the plot of Vertigo. And then I went home and wrote up what we had talked about, which you know came down to, I think, close to a five or six page treatment. And then from that, he wrote the screenplay. Okay, I feel the need that I have to do an episode on this. Yesterday, for the first time in, in years, actually, I finally watched Brian De Palma's Obsession. I remember watching it when I was a kid, back of running it on VHS years ago, but never really didn't think much of it. So... Years later, now obviously, you know, I'm trying to watch whatever I can here. Getting in, um, I love De Palma. I, I love De Palma even throughout the 80s and the early 90s. I'm, I'm a, I am a big De Palma fan from the beginning. And when you hear him talk about this movie, he's not that excited about it either. I mean, Cliff Robertson is who you have to talk about when it comes to this movie. I mean, I can't even, I can't even deal with it right now. He doesn't even try. <laughs> This guy doesn't try one bit in this movie. It's hilarious. I mean, his wife and daughter blow up in front of him, literally, and he just has the same poker face the whole time. 15 years later, he's just sitting there, same face. He doesn't even age. You could tell he doesn't want anything done to him. His hair has to stay the same. He has to have that same old man orange tan he's got going on. It's a lot. It is a lot to deal with. So I knew that going into it. I remember watching the De Palma documentary where he talks about this movie too. But, you know, it's, it, but the cast is great around him though. Uh, you know, from his wife and, and his partner, you know, um, it's, it, it's a really, it's, it's pretty star studded cast and, and John Lithgow, um, 
Genevieve Bourgeois. I'll fuck that name up. So let's. <laughs> but I I have to just talk about this this movie though. It it's more more old boy than it is Hitchcock. But he does go with this vertigo thing about a man obsessing over a dead woman, and that's really what the movie is. It starts off where this this guy's family gets you know his wife his wife and daughter get kidnapped, and they end up the uh, the he he's in he's overseas. He ends up like in. in dealing with the police and the police have a plan to get his wife and daughter back and they fuck up the plan and his wife and daughter die in front of him and he has no emotion whatsoever john lithgow cares more about his family dying i think than he does and that's actually kind of funny and you watch the movie but i mean his then years later 15 years later 16 years later whatever we're in the present time 1975 is when the movie takes place is when it was made and it came out in 76, but it was made in 75. And he is now, I, he's a painter. He's overseas. It's, I think he's in Italy. And he sees, uh, I've like already trying to block out this movie a little bit, but he's overseas. And he's, I believe he's in Italy. He sees this Italian girl and it's the spitting image of his wife. And all of a sudden you have that vertigo, you know, Jimmy Stewart angle going and you already know where it's going too. That's the problem with the movie. It's like, you know, it's like a Hitchcock, you know, homage, but it, it's almost too much. Like you already know what the, the, where it's going to go with his partner and everything. Like this is, it's too much vertigo, you know? And there's even a couple shots where it's like, he has like the church steeple he's trying to show with the bell tower. And I was like, okay, this is, you know, the obvious, but it's a bit much when the ending kills me and it's written by him Paul Schrader. So you know this, when you see the ending, you're going to know there's no way this was supposed to be the ending. I don't get that. It just doesn't make any sense, you know. Oh God, I gotta, I gotta think about this for a second. So yeah, all right, he's from, I, I believe he's, he's from a New Orleans man, and he's like some business entrepreneur, rich. That's why the, you know, the these these international professional kidnappers who really you don't get much background to them. It's all pretty. I don't know. I just, I don't get it much. The movie at all. I just, I, I, I even try to look up reviews and fan reviews, and they were very kind to the movie. I even remember. Okay. It kind of ends on this freeze frame, and I, I just stood there staring at the screen, and I was like, what the fuck? There's no way. There is no way those two were like, this is the ending, guys. I got the perfect ending. <laughs> you got to watch this. I'm watching, I watched it on Mubi, because I haven't watched it in a long time, and then Mubi had a, a double feature, the Palma double feature on there with this and Body Double. Now, Body Double is fucking awesome. I fucking love Body Double. If you want to go back to one of our prior ep episodes, we did one. Uh, my friend Tyler Dupay and myself did one on Brian De Palma. If you want to listen to that episode, it's awesome. We talk about his, you know, his 70s, 80s, you know, psychosexual thriller you know, era of his career. And, and, and they're great. And this one is during that time, although there's no sexual thriller going on in this. And even the thriller is like, God, Cliff Robertson's just not doing it. That's why I wish there was more background to the bad guys. Even when you see like the twist, the reveal twist, that's, you know, that I'm, I'm sure that was like the big thing for them. It still didn't even really give me much. I was like, you know, that's kind of cool. There was a couple moments where I'm like, okay, it kept me from really disliking it. I'm like, that's a couple cool little things. I think that was in the writing. And I just don't know where the ball was dropped. I'd love to do a dive into the making of this movie because I think this is a little more interesting than Bonfire of the Vanities because I just don't know 
how these guys made this movie. I just don't, I don't get it. I got to watch it again. It might just be because Cliff Robertson. It might be 100% his fault. That in the ending. It could, if, it, if it was a different actor and they had an original, whatever their original ending was, might have to find the script online now to, to see what it is. If that, if, if those two things were changed, it could be a great movie uh, in line with Dress to Kill and Body Double, the great Hitchcock, you know, um, movies that he's, that he, Hitchcockian movies, I should say, that he's made. And that's what I'm hoping this was, because, I mean, you got to see this. I mean, just watch Cliff Robertson when his family dies, and it's just like, he just stares. Like, nothing. Everyone else around him is like, nah! <laughs> and he's just there. And he had to just be the most difficult person. He has that, like I said, that orange tan going. And it, it, it goes years later, and he's got the same orange tan. I'm like, what the fuck's this guy been doing for all these years? It doesn't, it's just, I don't know. It's a little, it's a sloppy one, and it's well acted all around him. So, I'm, I don't know. It's a short episode. This is all I really got on Obsession. I watched it yesterday. And I just, I don't know, I couldn't process it. I was expecting it to just to be a little bit more because I watched Body Double first and I was like, all right, I'm going to do a De Palma night and do a double feature because it's right there in front of me on movie. So let's do it. And obviously, you know, the Body Double never fails. And then Obsession came on. I was kind of excited and I was just like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect. So I'm interested to hearing everybody else's thoughts on this movie. Hit me up. Find me. I'm online. Hit me up wherever you can. I want to know what people think about Obsession. And that's uh, my spiel on it. Want to hear what you think? And I don't know. Check out the movie if you can. It's currently on Mubi. If you have Mubi, check it out. Obsession. The Palma Baby. You're killing me on this one. (laughs) Energy. Ambition. I would hope that we could direct those qualities to try and retain for the new South some of the graceful values of the old South. We basically had a low-budget independent movie, and as much as people may have liked the role, nobody knew who Schrader was, they hardly knew who I was, and they didn't respond to the material, so we tried and tried and tried, and ultimately the one person that did respond was Cliff Robertson. We needed the classic, traditional leading man. If you go back to all the Hitchcock films, he always had Cary Grant, Gregory Peck, Jimmy Stewart. We needed someone who had that kind of persona as the all-American, attractive, leading man. And Cliff read the script, and he was one of the people that we thought that could do that. And he liked it immediately, and he was very enthusiastic. I was doing a movie in England, and my agent said, A young director has come over specifically to talk to you about a movie. And I said, well, that's very nice. When is he going to be here? They said he'd like to see you on Saturday. We immediately connected. And I said, why do you want me to do the movie? And he said, well, I think you're very right for the role. But he said also he'd seen a picture that I directed and written. He said, I like your writing and your directing. And uh, I think that we can work together very well in this movie told my agent that, and my agent, being a rather cynical agent at the time, said, Cliff, they all say that. They just want you to act in the role. I said, no, I believe him. There's an honesty about the man. And he kept his word.